0: with the slang sick and I'm destined for fame do for the fan not for the gram still destined for pain i do not front i do not scam put some respect on my name sick like a rain clickin y'all gonna remember the name you remember the name what's up ladies and gentlemen boys and girls around the world i would like to welcome you back to the real talk with zubi podcast if you are watching this video then you will see that i am in a special secret location not so secret I'm at the Lotus eaters studio here in the UK and I'm about to have a conversation with the one and only Carl Benjamin welcome hey, back man. to the show thanks uh thanks for having me back this is great oh down man thanks for letting me use the studio this place is awesome anytime thanks a lot man appreciate no it down man well I've done a brief intro there Carl yep I know a lot of my audience will know you already but for those who don't please introduce yourself
1: um I am someone who uh, rose to prominence on YouTube I just started putting up videos about things that Really annoyed me, and they happened to be political in nature. And then a few years ago, it became apparent that actually. YouTube isn't a safe space for political discussion. It's quite easy to get your channel taken down if a large enough uh, mob of activists take exception to your political opinions. And so I decided to start uh, com to make sure that we had something that was outside of their control. Because they, they're they the ones who have the executive decision on who is and isn't on their platform. And it could be at any day that they decide, you know what, we've had enough of you today and uh, you're gone. And that would have been really bad. So set up com, and we've done really well. And, we've you know, ended up with a great uh, team, great studio, and we can produce the content we want to produce without the sort of fear of de uh, deplatforming that I lived under when I was just my own, uh, just a single YouTube channel on my own.
0: Mm. Well, firstly, I want to say that this is awesome. Thank you. I'm, I stepped in here and I was, uh, I've been in the studio a few times, but yeah, yeah. you've moved into a the bigger old spot. The yeah, studio, yeah. Exactly. And I yeah. was just like, man, this is genuinely inspiring. Oh, okay. We talk a lot about the independent creator economy and hey, go build your own platform and that type of thing. Yeah. But most people would rather just kind of rage and complain and not do it. Yeah. And I love the fact that you've just done it and shown that it can be done and it can be profitable and it can be yeah. successful and so it's been great man it's it's all thanks to the people who subscribe
1: to the channel and the platform and support us yeah if it wasn't for them we wouldn't have anything
0: was there a particular moment when you were like i need to make that move was there something that happened on youtube yeah they
1: demonetized my channel because i made a joke
0: about a politician oh really uh yeah uh
1: it was a rude joke don't get me wrong i wouldn't make it twice but um but still you would think that a politician would be fair game Mm. um but of course, it turns out that actually power dynamics have been kind of appended uh, these days. Um, uh, if if you're a man, you're considered to be the oppressor of women, generally, even if they actually have office and actually have power. Uh, so it was under those sort of social dynamics that these things were considered. And so certainly, me just being a commentator making jokes on a YouTube channel uh, was worthy of being uh, attacked in defense of a politician. Yeah. So uh, it was very apparent at that point. It's like, okay, I have to I have to make sure that this can't just be uh, their
0: choice. Mm. No doubt. Carl, you were born and raised in the UK, correct?
1: Uh, or- well, I was, no? uh, you know, I was born in the UK, um, but my father was in the Royal Air Force. Okay. And so for about eight years, I grew up in Germany, but okay. it was on a British base in Germany. So it's not... German frankly mm. it was very clearly a British colony in Germany um, but obviously it, the base isn't very big and so you could easily go out and you know you go to German, uh, go into the area around and so then Mönchengladbach and so it and then when I was up like 16 17 we moved back uh, and
0: I've been here since okay that's interesting that's uh echoes a little bit my growing up in Saudi Arabia yeah, where yeah I was in yeah. this sort of like international bubble within yeah the wider yeah. within the wider place You talk a lot about the changes that are going on and the changes that you see in the UK. You strike Mm -hmm. me as someone who is inherently somewhat of a traditionalist, uh, a patriot, someone who loves the UK Mm -hmm. and has a genuine and honest concern about the direction that it's heading in. I think a lot of people have this concern, not just here in the UK, but I notice... Everywhere. whatever country i go to i was in south africa a couple couple of weeks ago people were talking the same way when i go to the us a lot of people are concerned about the way the us is going um people in europe all all over there seem to be many places in the world where i guess people feel like it's not as good as it used to be and that it's trending in a concerning direction what is the firstly what are those changes that you are primarily seeing that are concerning you i don't want to just jump to questions of demographic change
1: and things like that, because there are lots of other changes that are happening that are genuinely negative. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of them are to do with the political class's response to the birth rate crisis. Um, It's not a secret that the West in particular, but also other areas like South Korea, Japan, uh, have got massively reduced birth rates. And this is bad because... Uh, our social welfare systems are essentially a kind of pyramid scheme, especially pensions, which are predicated on the idea of eternal population growth. And so our politicians are unable to square the circle. Mm. Uh, they either have to do the hard thing and say, well, look, you're just going to have to go without pensions, uh, or we're going to bring in foreign people from around the world to do work in lieu of the population growth that should have been native and indigenous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they they have taken the easy route, which is import millions of foreign people. Now, that isn't such a problem if it's managed in a more regimented way. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with countries who are very strict and yes. Im- impose their way of life on the people who have arrived – Uh, understanding that if they don't do that, they are obviously just going to lose the culture and their country itself. And in the West, we obviously don't have the kind of willpower to do that. Mm. And so we've brought in millions of people and given them no incentive to integrate or even really respect our way of life. And so now we're seeing the advantage being taken. I mean, there there was a, a... a statistic that was revealed to us from the 2021 census that showed that half of the people who get government housing in London were born overseas. And it's like, wow. that's crazy. So the British taxpayer is paying for just foreign-born people to just come and live in London, uh, whereas London is mostly non-English and non-British at mm-hmm. this point. So we're just paying for a bunch of people to just come and live in our capital city at our expense for some reason yeah and so it's just like right this is not only bonkers but it's destroyed the indigenous culture in yeah. london i mean when i was young you go to london and you would expect certain kinds of londoners to exist like the cockneys don't really live in london anymore they've been essentially exiled to essex mm-hmm. because of mass immigration and that's an ancient culture the, the, the cockneys are mentioned 800 years ago in english english uh, history and so it's just why have we allowed that to happen and it's all to try and keep up with a series of economic promises that were made in the middle of the 20th century that actually aren't being upheld by our own behaviors Uh, and so it's a totally untenable situation we're in and it's actively destroying the country around us i mean and everything is really connected to this issue like for example you always say well what about the nhs waiting times Mm -hmm. well we're running an international health service at this point. You know, the national health service, I think, it is a good idea in principle. It's just we've opened it up to literally anyone who arrives here. Mm-hmm. And so when a million-plus people come here every year, well, that's a huge burden on the British taxpayer and on the system itself. And then you've got housing costs, and then you've got like the welfare state, and then you've just got competition for jobs. You make it more difficult for young British people to get ahead in life mm-hmm. because you're bringing in tons of competition for those very same jobs. And then, and that's not even to speak of like the cultural degradation. Like if you go around the town center of Swindon, it used to be quite normal. It used to be just a regular English town. Yeah. And you just walk through it, it'd be normal. And then, you know, have English shops, and as you see, it, it unexceptional in every way but that's what i liked about it you know it was a small place or it felt like a small place but now it feels like i've gone to like the bazaar of baghdad or something you Mm. get all sorts of cultures all sorts of languages all sorts of people just milling around in swindon town center being subsidized by the taxpayer this this is wild and it's totally unfair
0: yeah to the people who have to pay for it me being one of them why do you think there is that lack of willpower i have my own ideas and theories on this but you use the word willpower so why do you think there is not that cultural social political whatever it is willingness for people who do have power influence or perhaps even some who don't to take any kind of stand on this. It seems like it's one of these issues where I think a big mistake that I would say that I think both sane conservatives and sane liberals have been making for decades Mm -hmm. is only allowing, avoiding this conversation Mm -hmm. to the point that you, the only people who do talk about it may be on the more actually unsavory, unsavory far-right white nationalist type and who totally conflate race and culture Mm. and they end up dominating the conversation to an extent. And then I think as a result, people continue to shy away from it even more because they don't want to be associated with that. That's kind of what I've seen played out. Cause I, I I mean, I, I've, I lived in the UK on and off from the age of 11. I went to boarding school here from the age of 11. So I've spent a lot of time here over the past 25 plus years. Mm. And even though I wasn't politically engaged per se way back then this is kind of the trajectory that I've seen over the past couple of decades and maybe now people are a bit more willing to talk about it but i I still don't really know if they are I don't know well in Britain has become pretty much the number one issue because
1: it's just so prevalent i mean we're we're getting the sort of levels levels of immigration that America gets. And we're like a fifth of the size, and mm. so it's just really noticeable that things have changed, and not for the better. Um, I do, I do totally agree with you about the the point of not shying away from the conversation, though. That's the the worst thing I think you can do is to say, "Well, this is off top, off limits," because then you do get people with a particular agenda who can't recognize; they they just collapse any detail of the conversation down exactly, and it doesn't help anyone because. There are manifest unfairnesses that have taken place that are being shouldered on the native people of Britain. But if your solution is something very terrible and extreme, they can't be addressed. Yeah. And that, that stigmatizes the entire realm of what is otherwise just political action. Mm-hmm. I think it's a consequence of many different layers. So at first, I think you've got a political class who are invested in multiple ways in making sure that things carry on because of course this is what created them because this is a problem that we've had going on for 25 years now if not longer Uh, and so the the people in charge are a product of this system and so they think well if things change then i lose what i have and it's like okay well things are changing in and they're degrading which is probably going to mean you're going to end up losing what you have anyway mm. to someone who's a lot more hardline and is not going to take this and that leads us to places we don't want to go to but they they well you know they think well if i change things there, there was a famous question time uh quote from one of the audience members who was like well who's going to sell our coffee in pret so like, right. i think i remember that yeah <laughs> that that that, that that really summarizes the issue. The answer to that should be teenagers. Yeah. Right? The answer is that that should be summer jobs or part time jobs mm-hmm. for kids who are in, you know getting through college or university and uh, making their way through life. You know, like I did when I was young. I had you know rubbish part time jobs or summer jobs doing things like that. But they they view that to be the domain of some immigrant. Yeah. Now like, okay, that's a really weird thing, right? Um, and so they they've got a kind of luxury that the the people in charge. Uh, accustomed to and they're worried about losing that they're worried about losing political power Um, but also i think there's a question of liberal philosophy that underpins all of this that has essentially removed their ability to speak on behalf of the majority population Mm. Um, i don't know whether you've noticed and i'm sure you have but our politics across the west is just dominated by minoritarian concerns Yes. It's what's the most important minority today.
0: Yes, uh, to even gays, if the minority is under 1% of the population.
1: In fact, that makes them more privileged, yeah. right? That makes them more important to talk about. Well, we need to talk about the trans question. It's like, mm-hmm. do we though? I actually don't see many people struggling with that. Yeah, exactly. I see many people struggling with their grocery bills. Mm-hmm. You know, I see many people worried about the cost of electricity and things like that because, you know, whatever. The The point being though, the majority population concern is never represented. And I think that's due to this kind of overemphasis on liberal ideology, Mm. where they have a way of constructing the world that frankly isn't true and leads us to strange and undesirable places. And if we try to step out of that, that is instantly stigmatized as being "Quote unquote far right." Yeah, uh, I don't know what far right is even supposed to mean. All I, I've I've spent a lot of time thinking about this as well, and it seems the term far right it, they don't they don't mean fascist or Nazi because mm. if they meant fascist or Nazi, they'd just call you it. They're not shy about calling you names, sure. and you know I'm sure you've been called a Nazi more than enough times, <laughs> right? <laughs> Haven't we all? Yeah. But when they call you far right, I always find this really interesting because a that's a relative point, right? Uh, being a fascist or a Nazi or a communist these are absolute points. These are absolute ideologies. They mm. they've got a a construction that happens in the abstract and so is essentially eternal. You know, you, you always, in every time, in every place, know what the opinions of a fascist, a Nazi, or a communist are. Or a liberal, really, they should be. Um, but when they say far-right, they can never define what the, the precepts of being far-right are. And so I think what they use far-right to mean is the kind of pre-political social awareness of a native population group. Mm. So you'll see the Irish patriots now being called far-right. It's so, like, okay, but the English patriots were also far right. So the Irish and the English patriots the same? Are they all on the same team? I mean, not normally the Irish and the English aren't considered to be on the same team. And then you've got the far right in France, who definitely aren't on the same team as the English, or as, you know, okay, and now the Germans have got a far right. And so what I think this means is just the the tribe that underpins the nation, as in, uh in every in every european country um and it, every old world country is based on tribal loyalty a tribal understanding a, what we would in previous times call a people mm-hmm. as in the english people the irish people the Scottish people well their representation their political interests that's i think what the far right is and so and this is very human you know there's a very this is a very sort of pre theoretical understanding of what it is to live and so you get just regular people who are just, well, things have changed. I don't like what's happened. Mm-hmm. But you know when you talk to these people, they're not going to give you a lecture on political philosophy. Yes. You know, they don't know anything about theory. They belong to a group and they feel a kinship and uh, they're attuned to their own social group. And they, this, this is based on an area and it's built out into the nation state itself. Mm-hmm. And they're concerned about that being eroded And they're not concerned about an abstract political ideal that's trying to manifest itself into reality. Uh, And so those people, the the regular people who are just not really political until it affects them, they're the far right, I think. And Mm. it's fear of this non-rational political position that I think prevents any kind of actual movement in the direction of improving things. Because the liberal position is rationalistic it's it's theorized into existence yeah. and the theory it's built built on is actually just wrong it has a wrong conception of humanity because the liberals believed uh, that liberalism begins at a thought experiment where they say well look what was man like before he was in society and they've got answers to this but any normal person will be like well there's never been a time when man has not been in society even chimpanzees are in societies like the, you know chimps aren't just wandering in the woods on their own like every you know monkeys are you know all so for before human beings were in existence we can go back and go through the archaeological record and find you know um like homo habilis and like what was it lucy um i can't remember the names of the okay, you know, yeah, scientific yeah. names of these things but like they 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 even then they're not on their own they're in groups and so you know, Homo sapiens has always been a social animal. But the liberal thought experiment begins with him being an individual wandering around in the woods. It's like, okay, what are the rights of an individual on their own? Mm-hmm. And these are human rights. These are the abstract liberal rights that ca- categorize itself to this having. And then it perceives it's, uh, that men, will, they must have come together to form a civilization at some point. And from the forming of this civilization, then becomes institutes of government. Now, this isn't correct, but you can see why they would think this say, 300 years ago, under the alternate theory of absolute monarchies and God mm. put the king in charge and therefore you have no rights before the king and therefore you're going to essentially be at the king's pleasure or the king's uh, arbitrary will forever. And you can see why that would have been appealing, a different theory of how society came together mm. and became what it is, that justified actually resisting the absolute power of a king. Yes. This is the paradigm that we're, essentially we're still living in now. And so the liberal paradigm renders each individual person as being totally interchangeable. Right? Mm. It comes to the original human. What yes. does an individual on their own? Well, when shorn of all of society's characteristics, you realize that you could th- hypothesize what a pre-social man would look like. He wouldn't have a language. He wouldn't have customs. He wouldn't have an education. He wouldn't have anything really other than what it is that all human beings would share. Mm-hmm. But actually, when you think about it, well, that's not very much, actually. Okay, he sleeps, he eats, he breathes, he does...
0: Basic animal stuff.
1: Yeah, basic animal things. Yeah. But everything else is a product of him living in civilization. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the way you think, the kind of things you do, the morality that you have, all of these things are actually not universal. They're really particular. And actually, they're not interchangeable. And so the liberal theory breaks down really, really quickly when you actually try and apply it to any individual person who lives in the world. Yes, because no one's a product of this abstract chain of thought. And so, this is, I think, this explains why our political class, who are deeply liberal, uh, think, well, we'll just we'll just bring in five thousand or ten thousand or hundred thousand or a million new people to do the work that these British people aren't doing, because. They're just all people. It's like okay, in a way, yes, they're all just people, but in another way, no. There's massive differences, and then you see these conflicts between the natives and the new people, or between the you know different groups of new people mm-hmm. who bring with them their cultural baggage uh, and can't get rid of it. And that's another thing. These things are they are literally embedded into you in the way that you're born and raised. You don't even think about how how it happens. You can't just consciously try and stop doing it. This is a part of your very thought process. And so we arrive at a point where the liberal, the liberal people in charge know that there's a problem. They have one tool to solve the problem and are afraid to step out of that because that has been explicitly carved out as being a realm of bigotry or racism yes. or something like this. And yet they've got to deal with the fact that in Leicester, for instance, uh, l- earlier this year, there's a huge riot between Hindus and Muslims. Yeah, Can that. you imagine being an English person in Leicester on that day? the muslims and the hindus are rioting and fighting each so, yeah i don't know what this is about i don't even understand the languages they're using to
0: communicate yeah. like and and but this is what the liberal world order can't help mm. but build because it can't recognize the differences it's it's really fascinating um man you you've said a lot of interesting stuff there yeah sorry i know i went No I no it's total, it's it's totally fine i was like let let them cook man let them cook um i i had a post i put up uh not long ago and i'd been in dubai for like about a month at the time mm. and Dubai is one of the most multicultural and multi-ethnic cities in the entire world. Mm-hmm. It's also one of the safest cities in the entire world. It's also one of the cleanest cities in the entire world. The crime rate is as close to zero as you're going to get. And this is a city of 3 million people. It's not some tiny place. Yeah, um, People are just there with their families, they're working and so on. So when I see a lot of American, British, European, and so on commentators, especially more on the conservative right-wing side. Mm. A a thing I hear a lot is that multiculturalism doesn't work. Multiculturalism has failed. And I know what people mean when they say that, but I don't think they've actually quite diagnosed it correctly. I don't think it's the having a lot of people of different cultures, let alone ethnicities, racial groups, or whatever Mm. together in one place that is the is the problem, which is most people stop there. They're like, oh, that's it. It doesn't work, yeah. right? I think the, the, the problem is the place they're in not knowing what the boundaries and rules of law, respect, tolerance, human dignity, and so on mm. are and should be. So when I'm in a place like Dubai, you could say Abu Dhabi, you could say Doha. Yeah. The reason why it works is because the rule of law is very strong as long as you are not hurting robbing stealing stabbing shooting you're you're not you're not hurting anyone yeah you're not taking anybody's stuff you're not being disrespectful shouting and screaming at people in public i don't know getting naked in public Do, doing any any of this weird crazy stuff that for whatever reason in the UK sometimes, certainly in the US, like people kind of just like tolerate and shrug and they're like, Oh yeah, that guy's shoplifting. Okay. Whatever. Right. Like they don't, they don't tolerate that. So there are some very hard lines. And then within that, it's like, cool, you can practice your faith. You can go to church, you can go to mosque, you can go to synagogue. When I was there, I saw like a Jewish guy with like the sit-sit and the kippah and full on everything, just like, you know, walking around the city. And I was like, that's actually really interesting. Next, you know, walking past guys who are wearing thobes and kafayas. And then there's another, you know, some Russian family there and they've got their like Orthodox crosses. And actually no one, no one bothers anyone. No one has beef Mm -hmm. with anyone. People just get on. So it's actually very multicultural and even multi-religious, despite the fact it's in an Islamic country, but it just works because people agree on those things. And it seems like what's, what's happening here is you, you, you're not having the assimilation and the respect of the local culture, and you're not having the respect and enforcement of like the ground rules. Mm. If it's just like, okay, you can come here and you can take stuff and you can harm people and you can talk to people however you want, and you can just, you can just do whatever you want. Then I think that's where it really, really decays. I don't think it's, you know, I'm my family's from Nigeria, yeah, right. Like we are clearly different ethnic background, sure. right? I'm you know people from all over, yeah, and cool. You can clearly see different eth- ethnic backgrounds or whatever, but every it's it's fine, right? It, it it all works because we all have plenty of lines of agreement where yeah we're not going to take from each other or harm each other, and we're and we're also going to respect one another right but there,
1: there's a respect for differences yeah right they, this this is the thing that the liberals can't do it because they they're like okay no everyone's the same it's like no they're not the same yeah. and, and dubai is a great example no 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 because i'm i'm gonna i've never been to dubai but i'm gonna go out a limb but it's not a western liberal government no but it works a lot yes. better than us because in in a non-liberal state you would recognize the group as having an integrity as the group, right? But the Western liberal state can't do that with the indigenous group Mm. because then you've got the intersectional power calculus to say, well, hang on a second. (laughs) The the dominant group of Ireland is the Irish. Well, they must be oppressing the minorities. It's like,
0: here's a question. Why do you think that they don't apply their same logic to other countries though? No one has a problem, not these same yeah. liberals. Yeah. They don't have a problem with Japan. They don't really have a problem with Saudi. They don't have a problem with Nigeria mostly being Nigerian. They don't mm. they, so they don't apply the same logic to other nations. In fact, if someone were to say, you know what, like let's um let's have a million immigrants yeah. from Europe a year to Ghana. They wouldn't say they, Ghananese diversity. Uh, yeah, they'd probably yeah. oppose it. They'd probably say, oh, yeah. this is some type of colonialism gentrification. Or, ge- yeah, yeah. or gentrification yeah. or whatever it is, right? You'll say, hey, you're... But they don't apply any of that yeah. to their own nation. So sometimes I, I struggle to understand the mentality because I'm like, again, sa- same people, I'll see them even on Twitter and stuff. They'll be like praising Japan or they'll be, pra- oh, look, it's yeah. how clean and safe it is and da, da, da. And I'm like... But it's okay, homogenous. Uh, yeah, um, but I'm like, okay, I thought, You're the open borders person. Like even in Japan, as far as I understand, you can be a non-Japanese ethnic person and you can say, say you're born there, you're raised there, whatever. You can even, you can even become a Japanese citizen, Hmm. but even in their perspective, you're not really Japanese in the truest sense. Even the way when, when someone says a Japanese person, you think of a Japanese Ethnically, ethnic yeah. person, yeah. right? When someone says American or British or whatever, right? It's or French. It, it's more. You don't know what that person may yeah. look like. But then again, if someone were to say English,
1: you've got. I think people people
0: recognize. Yeah. Okay, like in in English, I know what an English yeah. ethnic person is. So I I just don't quite get the um. And look, I, I I'm not expecting sort of logical consistency from these people. No, no, there, I, I think get...
1: there is a logical consistency. Okay, um, I. I've come to the conclusion that I think they think that white people are better than other people. Yeah. And Tell I th- me more. I think that what it is, is the fact that the last 300 years of history have been, maybe more, 400, 500, have been the European colonial and imperial domination of the world. Mm. And that's not always been the case, actually. Uh, for most of history... Before about 1450, um, the Europeans are actually not terribly impressive people, um, not terribly different to anyone else. And if you were to just examine the average empire throughout human history, the average conqueror would have a kind of you know, olive, maybe slightly darker skin skin tone, and he'd come from Asia somewhere, because Asia is the heartland of empires. Um, but because of the historical circumstance that we're in, uh, the Europeans happened to be in a place and in a time and at a certain level of technological development with a certain set of ideas that allowed for the industrial development of Europe and the scientific development of Europe above their contemporaries. Mm. Uh, This is not normal, and it won't be like this forever, you know, and it certainly won't be. But the way that the Western left-winger thinks is that historical There's no historical contingency. It's kind of historical inevitability. Mm. And so this is now a question of how do we arrive at parity between Europe and the rest of the world? Uh, And so all their entire thought process is how can Europe – or. I'm going to say white people, but what I mean is European European people, European people and European founded nations yeah. like America, Canada, Australia. How can these be immiserated and how can the rest of the world be justly raised up so that there is an equality? But of course, this is based on a false premise as well, that a Europe, Europe has always been superior, which it hasn't, and it's definitely going downhill now. So it's definitely not going to be superior forever, but also as if there's ever been an equality or could be an equality Mm. while there are differences. You know, if you want a particular, you know, if you, if you do actually respect um, African cultures or whatever, then you can't expect them to be the same or equal with any other culture. But then, that's never been on the cards, right? Mm-hmm. It's never been something's ever thought about because you you want to be particular rather than have a universal equality because that can only be found in homogeneity. Yes, and so this is why you get the kind of McDonald'sification of the entire world under the liberal order. They're like, no, 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 everything has to be equal, and anything that's not equal essentially has to be attacked and mm. brought down into line or raised up artificially. And so I think that's really what their mindset is although they can't really bring themselves to admit it. But if you look at everything that they say, it's all predicated on that. Yes, It's all predicated on the idea that white people are somehow inherently... Even the terminology
0: matter. they use. Our podcast today is sponsored by The Wellness Company. Did you know that nearly 90% of pharmaceuticals in the US are produced overseas? That's an alarming statistic. If you don't have an emergency kit on hand, it's time to get prepared. The Wellness Company's medical emergency kit contains eight potentially life-saving medications that every single American should keep in stock. It comes with a 22-page instruction guide on safe medical use for everything from snake bites to COVID to bioterror events. Another stellar product from the wellness company is Spike Support. Whether you got vaxxed or not, the virus is still among us in some capacity, as well as the related spike protein. Spike protein can cause brain fog, tissue damage, blood clots, and more. Spike Support is a detoxification powerhouse that aims to strengthen the body's natural immunity and flush out spike protein, so you can get back to that pre-COVID feeling. Get both of these products by going to twc.health forward slash zubi and get 15% off with the discount code zubi. That's twc.health forward slash zubi and use discount code zubi to get 15% off. Disclosure. The medical emergency kit is only available to U.S. residents. Yeah, white supremacy. I mean, I never... That's not even what I'm thinking. Well, I would never say that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. the the, the fact that they throw that around all the time, right? As if like they actually believe that ideology. They want you to think, well, white people are supreme. I don't
1: think that. I just think we're normal. I I even
0: think, uh, you know, quote unquote, politically correct terms, like Mm. um, person of color, people of color. Because what that is saying is all that means is non-white. Yeah. So the reason that term bothers me (laughs) um, is because it's, it's simultaneously way too broad mm. and way too specific. So there's no term for non-black person. Yeah. Right. There's not a term why? of like everyone who's not black. Why would that be? Yes. Like, but, why would you need so, but, one? Yes. But there's a term for everyone who's not <laughs> white. Yeah. yeah. Right, whether yeah. you are, whether you are, um, you could be, you could be Arab, you could be Latino, you could be mixed, you could be um, Asian, indigenous, you could you Japanese, be Asian, Asian all sorts of yeah. Asian, you could be Indian, you could be Pakistani, you could be African, you could mm. be Caribbean. What you all fall into that people of color basket.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: which to me, I'm like, okay, so you're saying it's like it's like white people,
1: yeah,
0: and everybody else. I mean, I don't know globally what percentage of the population, quote unquote, white people are. About thirteen percent. 13%, I so was going to say probably under 15% globally. Yeah. Um, so the vast majority of the world, according to this labeling, is people of color. But at the same time, you then, and then you're, it's also yeah. way too broad because then you're also lumping in all of these completely disparate groups often you hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: often, you really don't like <laughs> each other. They don't
0: have anything. <laughs> there's no sort of through line between yeah. Indians and Nigerians and Pakistanis per- and Iraqis yeah, and yeah, Peruvians yeah, yeah. and Colombians. Yeah. By, like, they're, they're, like, I'm like, what is this term? Right, yeah, like yeah, people yeah, of yeah. color, and they and they say it as if it's just this sort of. This block. This sort of
1: block. And I'm like, what what does yeah. that even mean? But that's the that's the thing. You can see what they're trying to do is bring into coalition non-white people yeah. against white people. Yes. I mean, why why would you and like you said, that absolutely puts the idea of white people on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. So no, no no, we've got to bring the entire rest of the world into agreement against you. It's like that's wild. Like, why would why would that be the way you think? But it has to be predicated on the idea that they think that white people have some sort of special superior
0: place in the world. Mm-hmm. And
1: that's just not true.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, well they not say not it. True. I mean, they yeah, they, they do. They use the term white supremacy more yeah. than anybody. It's, it's also strange because prior to about seven or eight years ago, hmm. I want to say there was like a, at least a decade period of my life where like I almost never heard the term white supremacy. And then it sort of came back into the lingo in hmm. mid 2010s, and they started using it in this new way, which simply means, well, it, it can literally mean, sometimes they use it to mean anything that's good. Sometimes they're literally like, you know, here, here are examples of white supremacy. Yeah. Um, being on time. I know. Um, hard, work, hard work ethic. Saving um, from the future. <laughs> like, and I, I'm looking at this like... Well, I'm a I'm white not, supremacist and <laughs> no, I didn't know it <laughs> I'm like wait hang on here are these not just things that make an individual or a community more likely to be successful Yeah, and they're you're calling that it. white supremacy or it's just a room of people and it's predominantly white and that might be in Ireland or England or ah, Sweden yes. and it's the, suddenly yeah. like oh this is white supremacy I'm like no no more than if you yeah. took a photo of a boardroom in Nigeria and th- no more than that photo is is black supremacy. No one would look at that. Or you, oh, look here's the um, here are MPs in China. No one would look at that. Oh my gosh, look at this Asian supremacy. Right? Where's the diversity? Where it the, doesn't make any it, sense. It, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But then when it comes yeah. to European nations yeah. um, or you know white pre- white pre- predominantly white countries, there's this weird. And, and what's even weirder about it is, I must say, it mostly comes from white people. Oh yeah. I re- <laughs> it's because they're, they're I, guilty. I, I, they feel yeah, guilty. It, it's it's very odd. Like I'll I'll be there, yeah. and I'm um, I'm just there. Like okay, like I'll I'll see some outcry. Yeah, I remember. Um, it was this year, wasn't it? Where they had the royal family. That was that balcony photo of the royal family. Yeah, yeah. And someone, some predominant, somewhat predominant person made a comment about the lack mm-hmm. of the lack of diversity or how how white the <laughs> British royal family was. And I'm. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I, 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 I'm I'm genuinely just like what on earth are you what are you talking about? Well, what like, I love about this is that oh that that's it's that point
1: that you're like oh the exclusivity of the royal family has gone too far, is it? It's like <laughs> no 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 bro you don't understand how exclusive this family is. Like to get into the royal family you have to marry into it. You know there's no, there's no uh, diversity hiring in the royal family, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you can't apply to join it. I can't join it. Yeah. You'll forever exclude me and you know what that's fine. Yeah. Like, it's not about the color but I mean it is for these people. But the the thing the thing about this is that you the alternative. So you notice that what what we're using here are categories, but like I said, they're they're at once insanely specific, but also ridiculously broad. Mm-hmm. So they re- they reference something that's a really really shallow description of a person, yes. but also it includes literally
0: everyone. LGBTQIAA2SP plus plus plus. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so it's like a really broad, thin puddle. Yeah. You know that's really, really shallow, but it, but it, but this is a, this is what we could call like a rational, uh, term. It's an abstract term. So say that something's white. I mean, this table is white. Yeah. Is this part of the white supremacy? Because you know, it, you know it, it's like okay. So a color is actually something that is not unique to any one particular people. It's not unique to human beings. Yeah. It's not very descriptive either. Actually, you know, I mean, when you say white, do you? It's not mean, accurate. It, it, it is accurate, but it's not very informative. Mm. You know, it, it is. Technically true that, say, you know, both the Irish and the Germans are both white. But you
0: oh, can. Sorry, when I said it's not accurate, what I mean is like no one is actually white or black. Oh, yeah. But yeah. In terms so, of yeah. like what your colors actually mean. But if but if you yeah. say,
1: well, look, these people share a skin tone and yeah. so do these people. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's true. Okay. But it doesn't tell us anything about civili- Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it doesn't tell us anything <laughs> about the civilizations themselves. No. You know, like the, there's, there's a world of difference between you know, the German work ethic and the Italian work ethic, mm-hmm. you know, and yet they're really close together on the map. They're, you know, they're close together in skin tones, they've got a shared history in, to a way, and yet they're very different people. And so saying, well, white people are all the same, no, but neither are black people or brown people mm-hmm. or Chinese people or whatever it is, you know, it. the question isn't about this thin, rationalistic construct. The question is about the sort of deep and rich continuum of a civilization. Yes. So... The the reason I think that Dubai works is because fundamentally you're going to have, I mean, I guess what's called Arab civilization in Dubai, that's the continuum of civilization that has always been the case in Dubai. And so if you're a foreigner mm-hmm. coming from, say, you know, Israel or coming from Russian Orthodox areas mm-hmm. or something like that, you are the bearer of a civilization as well. Yes. And that civilization is very evident on you. you know, you're, you're, you've got whatever signifies around whatever language you speak, but you've come to a place that is conscious of its own civilization as yeah. well and says, right, okay, this means that differences can actually be respected. Yes. As in, there is presupposed that everyone's different, mm-hmm. but it's also presupposed that there's a position of pride or privilege that is just for the host civilization, yes. right? And that's what the left and liberalism can't accept.
0: And do you know what's particularly interesting about a place like the UAE, or the same applies to Qatar, mm-hmm. is that the local Emirati or um, respectively uh, Qatari mm. populations are only about 10 to 15% yeah, small, aren't they? of the total population. Yeah. So actually foreigners is the vast majority yeah. of the population. However... They still maintain, you still you, you're you're still in their mm. country. So that they manage to maintain a sort of situation that is very beneficial to everybody. Mm. So whether you're someone like myself who wants to go and set up a company in Dubai and become a resident and live there, work there, raise my future family there, whatever, mm. they set it up so that it's very, very favorable for me.
1: Mm.
0: And they also set it up so that it's favorable for. Their local, it's actually beneficial. Em- Emirati citizens. So yeah. there's this mutually beneficial thing, and what that also does is it doesn't create the same problems that mass migration does, say yeah. in America or the UK or whatever, yeah. because there isn't this there isn't this resentment. Like yes. I said, there's no welfare state, yeah. so there's not. Oh my gosh, these people are just coming in and they're leeching off our thing, yeah. or they're coming in and they're misbehaving and they're running gangs and they're committing crime and they're harming. So, yeah. so all of that stuff that people take massive, massive issue with rightly. So, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's all just, it's all just nipped in the butt. I don't know how it might be the case that this is not completely scalable. It might be the mm. fact, okay, this is a city, this is a country of 10 million people. And this might not work exactly in a country of 60 million or a country of 340 million taking the USA. Um, but then I don't know because I look at places like there's Sweden no, there's and no, there's Austria no, there's and so no on, and there's still there's no attempt yeah. to
1: even enforce the rules. Mm-hmm. I mean, America had this problem uh, not long after its founding, actually, right? Because the there were there was a lot of German immigration into America, yes, and in the 18th, 19th, early 19th century, they were very concerned. They were like, oh, hang on a second. What if this starts becoming like a Germanized country rather than being an English-speaking country? And so they asserted the English culture of America over the German culture. And Mm. you can do this. It's not You don't have to be aggressive. You don't have to hurt anyone or anything like that. You say, no, you are going to learn English in school. You are going to have to read signs in English. (coughs) It's it's going to be that this is the dominant culture because this is what you have moved from where you've come from, to, to be a part of. Yes. And that's totally understandable. So it's a kind of recognition of difference and respect of difference. Yes. And just to say, no, these are our lines, as you were saying, like the hard lines, this is just going to be the hard line and yeah. you just, you know that coming in. Mm-hmm. And so your your expectations are tempered when you arrive. So yes, if we move to America, we're going to have to learn English. Yeah. And this is, you, you hear, you constantly can read accounts of uh, immigrants who came from, let's say, Russia in the beginning of the 20th century and they would say, oh, my parents would make sure we only spoke English at home. Yes, It's like, well, that's because they wanted you to follow the rules. Mm -hmm. They wanted you to integrate. They wanted you to become an American, which is why they'd come in the first place. And when that is the expectation of the people coming there turns out that immigration can work just fine because yep. that integration just happens as a matter of course when you have now what we would what we call multiculturalism where we've got absolutely no expectations on the people
0: coming here. It, it's, it's more like it's, it's more like non-culturalism yeah. it's, almost, it's almost like <laughs> yeah, it's, no, no, it, it, it's, it's, it's just the, like there's no culture no, no, just. It, it, but that's the point isn't it that's why the that's
1: why they have to constantly attack the native cultures mm. like, oh no no you're imposing yourself on this so what they what they're suggesting is that Anyone can come across and set up a little colony of their former homeland in wherever they've come to, and that's totally fine. Yeah. It's like, no, that's destructive. And what you would call colonialism in any other context, mm. it's unfair to the people who are having that done to them. That shouldn't be the case. What do you think that British culture is? Um, well, British is a pretty broad term. Yeah. Um, because it encompasses a an empire that began as an empire um, that came to encompass literally every corner of the globe, uh, quote unquote. Uh, obviously, the globes don't have corners. But the the underlying culture that really informed and formed the British Empire was the culture of England. Mm-hmm because Britain formed as a union of crowns between England and Scotland after Scotland had bankrupted itself trying to set up its own colonial empire. Uh, And they wanted access to English markets because England had a successful colonial empire. And so Britain itself began as an imperial project. Um, But underneath is the culture of England. And so you're always put in a position where you say, well, what's the culture of this place? And there are many ways to describe it. Mm -hmm. So you can describe the characteristics of the culture, the sort of... um, Things that an outsider will notice. Yeah. So a lot of people say, "Well, English people drink a lot of tea, and they apologise, or they're polite, right?" <laughs> and this is true. This is this is totally true, right? Yeah. And so you've got this kind of culture of interpersonal respect. But that's they're the sort of outer layers, and then when you start sort of peeling away the inner layers, you you find that the culture of England is a lot more like. Um, as represented in Lord of the Rings, in the Shire. So it's homely and small and a place where people belong. Mm-hmm. And that's really, I think, what the culture of England is fundamentally, the sort of generative engine of it, is a place where the English can feel safe, secure, and at peace with one
0: another. Yeah. yeah. The, the reason I ask the question is because I think that I spent a lot of time in the UK and I spent a lot of time in the in the USA. And it seems that both countries... There's been, um, it's the best way to put it. I think it's scale Mm. in the political class, in the media, amongst the general population. I just think there's been, I'm not sure what I'm not sure that people have a firm idea of what their own culture is anymore. And I think Mm. that's part of the problem, right? What does it mean to be an American? Mm. What does that, what does that mean? Right, because because America is very yeah. extraordinarily diverse, people from all nationalities, ethnic. Mm-hmm. So it's not okay. It's someone from this ethnic group. Yeah, it's like no. Well, it's certainly not that. So what is it that you all have in common? Whether you're you're black, you're white, you're Asian, you're Hispanic, you're um, a Democrat, you're a Republican, mm-hmm. you're a Libertarian. What what are those fundamental core values that everyone, at least ninety percent of you. See, all agree on see
1: this this is an interesting framing because the you framed it around a question of values mm. whereas that and that that's very new world framing okay because so what you've got is the the idea of a propositional nation so anyone I, explain what you mean by that so it, america is um it, it the conceit of america is that it's a propositional nation so it believes in the proposed values of the declaration of independence God. and the constitution um but the thing is, that kind of implies that, well, anyone who doesn't agree with those isn't an American then. Mm-hmm. So the Democrat Party <laughs> are not Americans, right? If you have to consent to the proposition to be an American. Uh-huh. And so either it's that's the case and, you know, half the Democrats are not Americans mm. and, and should be ejected for being an american Or it's not really true that they're a propositional nation and they okay. are something else. Um, because the the way the, the thing about an ethnic nation is that it just is yeah. right you you are an englishman whether you like it or not sure. and actually that wasn't a choice of yours and you can't change it um and so the 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 the, the substance of the nation is made up in the people that are and their relationships to one another Mm. and again your relationships often you don't get to choose you know you're born in a place and so you're related to the town in which you grow up whether you like it or not you're related to the people around you who are also born in this town whether you like it or not you're related to your parents your siblings your the the schools you go to the jobs you have you know eventually you know presumably the place in which you'll die you're related to all of those things, whether you like it or not. There's no proposition you can buy into. There's no choice that's made there. Um, but this, and and so to say, well, what, what, you know, it doesn't matter what the values of the thing are. Mm-hmm. The thing is the thing, whether you like it or not. And you can, you know, there are going to be values there, but they aren't necessarily things you can choose and and change mm-hmm. because a lot of the time they won't be expressed because I mean, you say, you know, what does it mean to be English? It's like, well, I don't know. I just am, right? Yeah. Like, it, it, there, there isn't a doctrine that you have to follow, and you are whether you like it or not. Whereas in America, there is at least a doctrine. Mm-hmm. You know, you—I mean, you might not have to agree with it. And a lot of Americans these days don't agree with it. Sure, but at least there is something you can say. Well, I can articulate what it is to be an American. I believe in freedom and the Constitution and the First Amendment and yeah. things like that. But old the old world doesn't have that and it's never needed that mm. you know because it's, ne- it's never been under attack in that way and so you just were and so like when you go somewhere like dubai you don't need to know what it means to be Dubaianese or whatever <laughs> that, you know you, you, you just are that thing and you've always been that thing it's your relations and how you're situated what what this does is create what I guess we could just call belonging. Yes. You, know, you belong to that thing. You know, and this is why I was using the example of like Tolkien's Shire, you know, the Hobbits belong in the Shire. You know, you don't need to question that. You mm-hmm. don't need to, you know, a rational examination of that. And it just is, you know, and so when you take the Shire, the Hobbits out of the Shire, you can still see they're related to the Shire. They're yeah. still, you know, the 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 sort of elasticity of it pulls them back there, whether they like it or not. Mm-hmm. And that, that's really what it means to be part of these old world nations. Unlike the sort of modern propositional nations, where it's a social contract yeah. that you agree to, and then you can just leave if you disagree with it.
0: Yeah, it, it, that's 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 an interesting point. I guess part of why I ask is because you'll hear people it's say things question. like, "We're, we know, we're Yeah, and people ask things, like, say things like, yeah. oh, "You know, we're we're losing our culture. You know, British British culture is yeah. declining, or British culture is being replaced, or something like that." And I think it's an important question: is okay? Well, what is? What is British culture? If you do you when you're saying that, is that is that code for English people, like just as a as a demographic, mm-hmm. or is that a set of values or beliefs or or behaviors? Or what is it? Because I don't know. It's um I just think it's it's good for people to think through what they mean mm. when they say things. Cause if you want to protect something, if you want to protect British culture, it's probably quite handy to know what yeah. British culture is. I would like to think and understand it's not as simple as being white and ethnically English or Scottish yeah. or um, Northern Irish or Welsh, right? It's beyond that. I'm sure we, we both know people who are not in that demographic and they're very, very, very British. <laughs> all, all or people, people who are in that demographic and hate Britain. Yes. And there's and people, hate England, a, a, exactly. Know? And then there are people yeah. who, yeah, they fall into that camp, but they're mm. really not, um, they're not, they're, they're, they themselves, you know, they're the type of people who take offense to even seeing a union jack. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I love seeing a union jack. Yeah. yeah, my, yeah. my ethnic background is from Nigeria, yeah. but like I'll wave a union jack. Right. I'm like, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It, like, it, it represents. It
1: represents a lot of good things
0: in yeah. your mind, but like in their mind,
1: they would rather. Uh, George Orwell's got a great quote on this. Uh, it's something like the average British liberal would rather steal from the church poor box than wave a union jack. You know, they'd be less ashamed of, of stealing from the poor box than standing for the king or something mm. like that. And it's just that that's so totally true. And that's so totally how they are now. They are genuinely ashamed and they hate our own country. And so it, it it's a genuine question. You know, it's like, okay, what does it mean? It's like, well, there's no easy answer, actually, mm. you know, but it's a it's a combination of all of these things. So there there are there is a set of values and there are customs and habits, yeah, and there are um political assumptions that are made under this and then that is connected to an ethnic group Mm -hmm. and the thing i think is is the real sticking point for most people is when you say well that is connected to an ethnic group because Mm. they go well well that means there's a lack of choice involved and in the modern liberal mind, everything is choice. Mm. You know, if you didn't consent to it, then it's bad. But conversely, if you did consent to it, then it's good. And it's like, hang on a second, there are things people consent to that I don't think are good. Yes, You know, and so actually that's not the only standard of morality, but also things that you didn't consent to aren't necessarily harmful. For example, your relationship with your parents. It's not something you consented to, yes. but it's definitely a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and if it's not a good thing, you should be working to make it a good thing. So it, it actually, morality is a lot more fuzzy. Um, but the the way I've come to think of it is because when we sit when we think in these sort of categorical terms, the categories seem impermeable, mm. right? And so you go, oh well, if it's based on an ethnicity, you're not that ethnicity, and therefore Zubi, you've got to go home. It's like, mm. nobody thinks that. Yeah. Nobody thinks, oh no, no, Zubi has to be deported. You know, like, we're, we're gonna we're gonna keep every single white leftist, but Zubi has to no, No, no. No, there must be a better way of thinking about this where we can get rid of the white leftists and you can stay, you know what I mean, right? Like, there has to be a better way of thinking about this. And so one, one thing, I, I did a lot of studying on critical race theory. Right? Okay, And one thing that they had is a particular essay called um, Translating Yonan Dio, I think it's pronounced. And it's talking about how the tribal politics of a Native American tribe are actually being destroyed by the liberal apparatus of the US government. Uh, in the 19th century, because it didn't understand, it didn't speak the language of how the tribe related to itself. Mm. Because the way you joined the tribe was purely by consent of the people in the tribe. Okay. So it's about their relationship with you, your relationship with them, and how this formed a bond that like brought you into the thing. So there was there was no like abstract set of boxes you could tick to become a part of the tribe. You had to actually go and live in the tribe, and they had to be... They had to agree that you were with them and you had to agree that you were with them. And that's kind of how it was. And I think that actually, if if you think about it, a lot of people are actually like that everywhere else. Mm. It's just that we don't think about it, right? Like, for example, there's um there's a, a cafe in Swindon that's run by this Iranian guy who's been here for like 40 years. And he's is the only cafe in Britain that will put up English flag bunting on Saint George's Day. <laughs> it's the only cafe in this t- in this entire town. Wow. You know, and it's not run by an Englishman. But yeah. all the other ones that are run by English people don't put it up. Mm. And it's like that's what I mean, right? Like this, and and all the English people go to his cafe. Yeah, like his cafe is full of like English boomers, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and they they in no point are like. But he's from Iran. They don't think like that at yeah, all. Yeah. That's I can't remember the guy's name, but that's so and so who's been here forever and just you know has a has a really nice little cafe, makes great food. So I come here because it's comfortable and it's what I know and it's mm-hmm. what I'm familiar with and what you know that there, I've got an attachment to that place, and that's how actually these things can be the the square the the, the circle can be squared. Like it's a it, it, we've got to stop thinking in these just absolute mm. categories. Be like no, that's a named person who comes here because of good reason. And I have a good relationship with him. And so now he's one of us on that base, on a tribal basis, rather than on a categorical basis. Because as soon as we start categorizing, sorry, Zuby, we can't be friends. We've got different skin colors. It's like, that's just not how I feel. And that's how nobody feels. You know, and that's not how anyone really wants to divide the world either
0: we we, have tried that it It wasn't wasn't great but that's what the left
1: is currently doing right now right they'll they'll literally divide you up by skin colour sexuality it's like yeah but all of all of the good of human existence is in that space between the two people where the relationship lies Mm -hmm. you know and the the quality of that and the strength of that is what the good part is that brings people together and so that's how we should be thinking about these things and so you get the people who have just arrived and are now claiming a council's ha- house and are you know claiming benefits and don't work and uh, plan to be here for the next thirty years, sponging benefits—that's not a friend. No. You know, that's a that's an exploiter. That's someone yes. who's come for bad reasons. They can go. Yeah. But those people who've come over and set, set up businesses and you know do local charity work and stuff like, that, well, they can stay. Yeah. You know, it's about it's the, the test of friendship. I, I, th- is I th- the think question. what's
0: really hard with this whole conversation and has been mm-hmm. for some time is that. I think due to both ignorance, perhaps a combination of ignorance, stupidity, and dishonesty, mm. sometimes all altogether, but for yeah. different individuals, different ones, I think people don't thread this needle correctly. People on, I, I see it can happen on, on the left. It can happen on the right where people fall victim or they intentionally miss the point Yeah. Right. You say something that, you know, you, everything you've been saying to me, this whole conversation has made sense. But if I were a woke lefty, hundred percent sure at some point I would have accused you of racism by now.
1: Uh, Right. Right? I I, I I, I would have just jumped
0: down and been like, nope, you're just, you're just racist. And you just say that you haven't said anything that remotely insinuates that you're just speaking honestly, expressing the way like most people actually understand the world and Mm -hmm. so on. So there's that, I think there's that level of dishonesty. I do also think that some of it is, um, I think some of it is ignorance or, or naivete. And I think it comes from a, this this might even sound kind of woke. I think it comes from like an overly Western-centric worldview. Oh, yeah. Where people do see, I see this more in the US than I do in the UK, actually, where people do simply see it as black and white, mm. right? When they say like, and I see some, I, I, there's conservatives who do this too. And they, they'll just say like, they'll be talking about let's say they're they're specifically referring to like inner city ghetto criminal thug culture and they'll just call it black culture yeah yeah and I'm like, hang on, <laughs> right? Like, wait, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Like, what? Or they'll just be, like, oh, this is just like how you know black people behave or whatever. I'm like, what are you? <laughs> you, you, you kind of see what I mean. You, you can and see how the white supremacists get uh, created uh, through uh, that framework. Uh, uh, right? Yeah, exactly. And any, like, any, so, so, so th- there's yeah. this thing, or just oh, you know, white people doing X. Black people. I'm like, firstly, ninety five percent of black people are not American.
1: Yeah.
0: To begin with. Yeah. <laughs> right. To begin with, and outside of that, like. My 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 background is Nigerian. Mm-hmm. Just in Nigeria, you have over four hundred different ethnic groups and languages in that one country. So to a so to a and someone from England or someone from America, you might look at it and just be like, oh, it's black people, yeah, or Nigerians, a bit more specific. Yeah, but it's like no, actually, like there's all these different tribes and groups, and some of the intertribal hostility that exists mm. in Nigeria and in some other African countries, Rwandan genocide 1994 for a super obvious example, is infinitely more than any type of quote unquote racism mm. in the west so people are not even sort of viewing it through the same lens they're just there saying like oh you know there's this is racism this is racism this is racism sometimes they're talking about classism yeah sometimes they're talking about tribalism mm. sometimes they're just talking about someone being an idiot and you know someone <laughs> and, and and they kind of just like lump it all together so the conversations become really difficult cuz there's no there's no nuance it just ends up being you know white people this, black people well, that, that, Asian you, you people that. You can
1: see, I think you did a great job of really just highlighting the problem there, right? Because I mean, like you said, black is an abstract term for a universal phenomenon, mm-hmm. right? Whereas as soon as you you were like, well, hang on a second, this localized urban ghetto particular kind of mm-hmm. culture and you know i guess you call it black but like you know I, I don't even think it's exclusively black actually no at no all, no, right? no it's not so you know it, it but w- what you've done is you've taken it from the abstract mm-hmm. and put it in a place yes. and a time yes and you've connected it to specific people who live in this area who know each other who are all related in some way whether they're friends or enemies or whatever it is yeah they've got a relationship between, and suddenly that represents that much more accurately. What you've crafted is a map mm. that actually maps onto the world a lot more accurately than saying black. Exactly. And it's just, and it's insufferable that we are trapped in this
0: abstract thinking. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and it gets frustrating because I'm not even a black American. And sometimes someone will, po- someone will point to like the worst example of like this type of thing I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about. And they'll say, this is black American culture. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a, this is a pocket mm of black Americans, as in there are, there are, that culture does exist within this demographic of 40 million people, Mm. but to take the worst element of it from the worst people Mm. and then allow that to represent this very large group of people, let alone a larger group of maybe around a billion black people in the world Mm -hmm. is completely goofy but people do that all day every day yeah right and they just say oh like it's and i'm just like man i wish but, but also it doesn't represent anything so i mean i can't <laughs> i
1: can't imagine your average nigerian family is actually much like your average inner city single mother
0: right no, <laughs> yeah. no. and there's generally not a lot of um, exactly sort of l- love and yeah what's the word i'm looking for i don't know respect appreciation understanding necessarily yeah. between those those groups either because
1: it but that's the point isn't it but in the abstract black well i'm sorry you're all in that together yeah. now but if you think about it in the civilizational terms well yeah nigerian civilization is this column here that goes on and that's something else so so totally unrelated yeah. that they wouldn't recognize each other and barely understand each other's language
0: no just like it look i think in and i think we can probably mm. fairly say in in any in any racial group or ethnic group mm you can find pockets of yeah, weird culture and yeah, you know yeah. bad bad bad, bad behavior and high rates of crime high rates of single what whatever the case may be mm-hmm. but it would i think most people people would recognize that it would be crazy to take that i don't know i, I don't even i don't but like i don't like the term quote unquote you know white trash i don't, yeah, no, I, don't I, I don't like that it. term but if someone were to take whatever someone calls that sort of subculture yeah and then say that's white culture I see people It'd be doing like, "You be like, what are you talking about?" Like, firstly, uh, white culture is—we are you French, Polish? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, exactly. And, and, and I think the more worldly yeah. you are, and the more you yeah. you kind of understand that yeah. the world is much more nuanced than sort of having. But this yeah.
1: this comes with me to the point where this brings me to the point where I'm I've I've just got to the point where I'm just like, look, actually civilizations are different and they don't really understand each other. Mm. And it's only when you start getting the uh, the sort of respect for civilizational difference that you end up with a situation like Dubai where you can have a kind of tete-a-tete or a sort of cultural understanding where it's like, no, no, look, you as someone from a foreign civilization have come to this civilization and you will respect the rules. But then everything, it's like, it's like greasing the wheels, mm. you know, everything then can actually work. But if you try and grind that to a halt like liberalism wants us to do and be like, oh no, you've got to respect every instance of his Russian orthodoxy in Dubai. Then and then that grinds the machine to a halt. Mm -hmm. And now there's all these other problems that have been created that didn't have to exist, that weren't really expected by the people who were coming. And can't really be resolved without totally reformatting the culture in which they've arrived. And that's what they're trying to do in in Britain, in Europe, and Mm. in America at the
0: moment. And it's just not fair. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. The reason why it works in those Gulf countries, in in my opinion and experience, Mm. and I've spent a lot of time over in that part of the world, is that, in my view... Some things can go too far. I'm not taking this oh, as like, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, I am not trying i do not want anyone listening to me, oh, Zuby thinks that, you know, Saudi Arabia or Qatar or Dubai <laughs> is like perfect or has no problems yeah. or whatever. But for the most part, at least in their, in their modern versions, mm. I'd simply say that they are, they're conservative in the right way and liberal in the right way. Mm. Like I said, they have certain hard mm. bounds. Rule of law is very strong. They uphold, mm. they uphold that and whatever. And then, Within that, mm-hmm. you can largely you you can you can lar- you can largely do what but, you want. And one and one thing you can't do, yeah, um, because I get actually get asked a lot about um I'm a Christian mm-hmm. and I get asked a lot, oh, you know, what's it like being a Christian over there? I bet or, it's what's okay, it like being, isn't you know? it? it's totally fine what you what yeah. you you there's the church i go to there's seven services every every sunday they're, it's so oversubscribed they're actually trying to find a third building it's across two buildings they're trying to find a third building i'm glad christianity's every doing so well it, somewhere. yeah Not it's it, it, it's actually quite it's actually quite <laughs> fascinating i was just there and i was amazed by <laughs> yeah. the amount of like christmas displays and the music playing in restaurants and in hotels mm-hmm. and it wasn't just secular christmas music this is jesus really? in a manger okay. music and i was mm-hmm. like i was surprised yeah. i was like Okay. This is interesting. Like they're not shy about this. Um, what you can't, you, you you can't proselytize to locals. Fair enough. Right. So you, you can, you can have a Bible, you can go to church, you Mm -hmm. can, you can believe what you believe. You can practice, you can wear a cross in public, but if you started going to the local Muslim population and proselytizing Mm -hmm. and whatever, that's when you cross, that's when you cross their line. Okay. Right. So that's what I mean. And there might be someone who hears that and is like, I don't like that. You should be able to, you know, go out there and spread the gospel and so on. I understand that perspective. I also understand from their perspective, they're like, hey, we're very welcoming to foreigners, but we are still an Islamic country. Mm-hmm. And we're only 10% of the population. So but it's totally here's, the ag- here's the agreement. right?
1: It's totally respectable. Why wouldn't you respect that? But like, right, You're just not allowed to proselytize a foreign religion to the natives there. Okay, fine. W- what's the argument? Yeah. You know, no, we have a right to inf- impose this on you? No, of course not. Of course yeah. you don't have a right. You don't have a right to bloody be here. <laughs> but, you know, like, you know, you're here at our pleasure. You yeah. know? And so, like, but but this is the point. It, this understanding of themselves as a civilization mm. breeds respect and tolerance in a wholesome way. As yeah. in, you can have your, your Christian church because it's understood that you know where the boundaries are and we know what the boundaries are. Yeah. And so now we can have a handshake you know, we can actually get along, rather than everyone being like, "Oh God, have I said something Islamophobic? Mm-hmm. Oh God, have I been Christianphobic or whatever?" Yeah, you know, yeah. like there's all of this just falls away because yeah. everyone knows what the rules and the boundaries are, and they're constantly enforced. Unlike here, obviously.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think what the West is suffering from. I mean, you you've touched on it so many times. Is this uh, it, it's the sort of soft underbelly of liberalism. Yeah, it's liberalism to the point of there's we all agree that there are fantastic liberal. Values and ideas, whether this is free markets, this is individual rights, this is freedom of speech, things that we vehemently defend. And don't want and, to give up. E- exactly. <laughs> but liberalism, I, in my mind, shouldn't mean no boundaries, lines, exactly. barriers, whatever. Just everyone yeah. just do, do whatever you want to do. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you're in the Senate building and you're... It's just yeah. like, look, there have to be some yeah. type of boundaries. And I'll, I'll tell you the other thing that I'm seeing, um, man, there, there's a lot of stuff that I'm... I don't know if it's just the fact that I've been in the Middle East for like the past five weeks. Yeah. So the certain things in the West just hit me even harder mm. than they previously do. But like I've seen it again in the past couple of weeks, several high profile things of like just gay couples just doing this surrogacy thing where they just rent a womb from a woman and they're there posing yeah. in pictures with like their baby that they've just kind of like bought from a woman who i assume is not as well to do with them and people are like celebrating yeah. it, it's it's like you, you see it and i'm just like what is what what is going on like and why is it that if i say hey there's something wrong with that yeah. someone's going to want to say that i i'm a homophobe or i'm hateful or i'm this and i'm that, i'm like I'm like, I'm like, this would have been crazy to anyone 15 years ago, mm. even even a liberal mm. 15 20 years ago, if you suggested well, they were all this gay marriage. They were all yeah, against gay marriage, but, but let and alone problems, just, but like, but yeah, but let alone just like this rent a womb yeah. yeah. kind of thing. And then I'm just like, this is not right. Like this is this is weird. Like I'm having a visceral reaction to some of these things that I'm seeing. There are at least questions. And, yeah, or hold, <laughs> the whole like the transing mm-hmm. the kids and the pushing of yeah. like when yeah. I was in the states, I spent a, I was in the I've been in the states four or five times this year, and um, you know you go into like a, a Target or some of these stores and they have like um, LGBTQ clothes for children, yeah, right. And I'm like, why should your baby be wearing a your Why should your six month old be wearing a trans trans pride t-shirt like really good question. that's weird like it's just like there's no boundaries i'm just like come on man like we used to be able able to
1: that that, well i hated it man we're running out of time (laughs) because there's loads but but that is that is fundamentally what liberalism is predicated it was it was predicated upon because it before liberalism we had these kind of like hard social bonds mm. that kept everything in place. And liberalism was designed to break some of these bonds and yeah. say, well, actually all men are equal and actually yeah. no one's above someone else. And therefore this hierarchy of bonds that kept everything fixed in place. Well, that's what it was for. Yeah. And it's got to the point now where then they're, they're no longer in existence yeah. and liberalism is still cutting. And I think you know?
0: another thing that's happened, I'd love to, I don't want to, I don't want to yeah. um, you know go, go, go over time, but I think another thing that's happened is because I, I, I'm. I think I've accepted at this point that every society has must have a dominant religion or ideology. Yeah. yeah. And the truth is, what's happened is, with where we are in the West, certainly in the UK, is that has gone from being Christianity to liberalism to being secular secular liberalism slash progressivism. Yeah. That's become the dominant sort of orthodoxy and ide- ideology. And I think that the liberalism worked with the base layer of Christianity, but once you knock out that base layer of Christianity, and it's now just this sort of liberal, secular humanism thing, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: then I think people thought, okay, that'll work fine. And I think we're quite rapidly seeing, no, this doesn't work. And this also opens you up to, I'll be honest, I think it opens you up to being conquered.
1: Oh, it opens because it, oh, yeah, when God. you do bring yeah, yeah. in something that is yeah. more yeah.
0: orthodox and rigid and hard line and your only thing is your final moral value is tolerance and consent which is kind of what it what it is then you you over time yeah. you will be
1: you'll be conquered and that's, uh, and uh, but also you have so many terrible things happening to kids on the way yes and the, you know you're you're totally right about this, right? and the thing is the the original liberal thinkers knew this too, mm. like John Locke thought atheism should be made illegal. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> atheism should be made illegal because yeah. he knew that his conception of liberalism was predicated on rights given by God, yeah and that actually is quite a strong framework, but that's gone, mm. you know the, the, and I mean the founding fathers literally knew this as well They, they were did, setting yes. up the united states they were like no this is for a god-fearing mm-hmm. people and no one else
0: i'll tell you what else is nuts i'll tell you another thing that's like mm. i already hated and was freaking me out but again it's just hit me just some of the stories like i've seen recently with mm. in canada with this whole um made medical assistance and dying thing where they're just now just killing 10, 10, people th- thousands people thousands of people Because, like, I I think from March 2024, they're opening it up to depression and mental health problems. It's so bad. I'm I'm looking at this and I'm just like, guys, what are you? Mm. I'm not a Canadian. I'm like, guys, what the heck are you doing? Like, can you not? How can you not see? Yeah what this is dude I'm at the point where toys. I'm like, I'm, like,
1: I'm not a Christian but aren't we all God's children <laughs> <You know, laughs> it's <was> dark <laughs> it's it, really dark gets yeah, yeah, no, it it really, really dark. dark I'm just like <laughs> I'm literally at that point where it's just like no 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 there's, maybe there's something sacred about a person that because they can't get a stair gate or stair lift or whatever <laughs> yeah. they, they shouldn't be offered suicide actually yeah. you know the state maybe shouldn't be killing any of its own citizens like that
0: it's you know? gnarly and, but, that, yeah. but then people are like oh well it's their choice they consent well exactly it's like
1: yeah okay I, I agree they consent but they were depressed you know or sad or whatever it is you know and maybe
0: maybe some things are no one no one take this the wrong way but okay no let me let me frame it in a way let me frame it it in a way it can't be taken the wrong way maybe there is more to morality than simple consent yes maybe consent is not the basis of all morality it's it's an important (laughs) important component of morality i agree it's not the be all and end all. it's
1: not the sum total of it and there are there are areas of morality that are as important that simply can't involve consent. Again, the relationship you have with your parents, mm-hmm. you know, that 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 I would say is one of the most core pillars of morality. And it's nothing to do with consent. You were born into it. Yeah. You
0: don't have a choice. Yeah. Carl, give us some hope. We've talked a lot about the problems. How do we uh how do we how do we save the UK? How do we save the West? God, I don't know if I have an answer to that. <laughs> um I I think um
1: having a good understanding of what liberalism is doing to the west allows us to put it in its proper place because it does have a proper place because i mean in a way for the english speaking world liberalism has the kind of uh sort of the kind of level of importance that sharia law does in some islamic countries mm. it's literally like anglo sharia mm. like it's it's part of our dna yeah. you know we've always thought this um but it it can't be everything and in in the same way that many Islamic countries aren't, don't have Sharia. You know, they, they under, they, it's not everything. Um, and we need to put it in its proper place and recognize that actually we have a right as a people to have a country of our own, which sounds like a radical statement <laughs> in 2023, but sounds really normal in any other time and place. I mean, it's, you know, I, I agree the Palestinians should have their own country. Mm. I agree that the Israelis should have their own country. I agree that peoples deserve their own countries. Mm-hmm. The Kurds should have their own country. You know, I totally support all of that in the same way that I support the, the Europeans having their own countries. And when we do have that kind of understanding of the civilizational understanding of ourselves suddenly, actually, it becomes way easier to get along. I mean, I'm sure you've seen Europeans talking to other Europeans, right? Mm-hmm. The French and the Germans and the English. Put three French, German, and English in a room together. They'll get along, Yes, but it'll be very ethnic. <laughs> you know, will be lots of German and French and English jokes. Yeah. But that's how we get along. Yeah. Suddenly, we've got a way of doing that. And when we return to that way of thinking, actually, it becomes so much easier to get
0: along mm. as well. Absolutely, man. And where can people find and follow you online? Uh, Go to
1: LotusEaters.com or find me on Twitter or wherever you want, really.
0: Awesome. Carl, always a pleasure to speak to you, man. So glad you came down. Appreciate it. This is the story of The One.